Let's just close our eyes for a second. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. Yeah, we wait on you. We thank you. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy, for your comfort. Thank you that you're healing hearts today, Lord. So let him just love on you as we just wait. This is when we were worshiping, I felt like the Lord was breaking off um, just the orphan spirit. I really felt like he was breaking off the orphan spirit and just wanting people to experience his love more than anything. I felt that so strongly during worship, just his embrace, the Father's embrace. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing our hearts. Thank you for healing our minds today that we would see you for who you really are. This is going to bother me, so I'm going to move it. Yes, Jesus, I just pray that we would have eyes to see you rightly today. That we would leave changed, we would leave transformed. You would break down if there's any thought that's actually a lie that we've been believing. Thank you for setting us free of that today. Thank you that you're so good at that, Jesus. You're so good and you're so kind. So we thank you for freedom. It was for freedom that you set us free. And so we thank you for it today. In your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. I had to take my shoes off because I'm used to having my shoes off. But also with our new carpet, there's still some like glue occasionally. And these shoes were so loud because they were extra sticky because of the glue. So I just wanted to save you all from that. I know you weren't really wondering, but I had to let you know anyways. Okay. Let's go to Romans 15, verse 13. Thank you, Hattie, for being so on it. Now may the God of hope, God of what? God of what? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of, so first of all, take that in. You get to know him a little bit more. Who is he? He's a God of hope. So read that as an invitation to get to know him more. You are a God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, not some, all, and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he wants you to be filled with hope, abounding in hope at all times, full of peace and full of joy. That's encouraging. So today, what I want more than anything is to encourage you in your hope today. We're going to talk about what Jesus has paid for because it's my favorite thing to talk about. And we'll talk about what he paid for, who he created us to be, what he really says about us. Because sometimes we get caught up believing lies about ourselves that he doesn't really think about us. And so we're going to address some of that, and I just believe we're going to be filled with hope today. How does that sound? All right. Romans 5. We're going to hang out in Romans for a little bit. All right, Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, 
Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Hallelujah. We can go home now. (laughs) Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, you have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. All because of what Jesus has done. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. May the God of hope fill you. This hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Ah! (laughs) When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight, whose sight? We have been made right in God's sight. That, you know, I've read that so many times, but it just extra stood out to me right at that moment. Not just my sight, not just Pastor Lynn's sight, God's sight. Creator God. We have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That's good news. Let's just keep reading. We'll stay at 12 hat instead of jumping. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted to sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. This is a little history for you. Even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. His gift of what? His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Have you received his wonderful gift? What's your promise then? You will live in triumph over sin and death through Jesus Christ. You will Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act 
of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's just good news. And we have to remember it. You have to fill yourself with this truth. But when you hear testimonies like, the, like I told you, that guy who was in South Africa who was one of the satanic leaders, talk about grace. This guy was not going after Jesus at all, but God. While he was still a sinner, while he was literally trying to go against Jesus, Jesus meets him. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. It's too good to be true. That's why it's the good news. It's scandalous. It's offensive. It is. You know, it totally is. In religion, it's very offensive. This guy was doing everything wrong. But Jesus. But Jesus. Saul was doing everything wrong. But Jesus. Literally murdering Christians. While we were still sinners, Christ came to make us right in God's sight and to restore our friendship. And then he promises, he gives us this gift of righteousness, which we didn't earn, right? We were still sinners. There's nothing we did right. And he goes, here's a free gift. And he then promises you that you can triumph over sin and death through Jesus. Triumph over it. Not suffer through, triumph. All right, it's good news, right? Let's go to Romans 6. Well, we'll just start at the beginning because it's good. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. That's what happened right there. We died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So those who got baptized, if you're in here, that's what happened. They talk about that before. But just so you know, that's what happened. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Ooh! We will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. What happened with sin? It's lost its power. What happened with sin? It lost its power. We are no longer slaves to sin. Thank you, Jesus. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. That's so good. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Ooh! These are the conversations we have in the office. We get each other fired up. We're like, this is what Jesus has done. This is the good news. We're dead to sin. We're alive to God because we don't want to forget. He said, don't forget. Consider yourselves dead to sin, alive to God. Sin lost its power over you. Lost. 
completely lost its power over you. Verse 12. So do not sin, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we should go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You become the slave to whatever you choose to obey. So you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you were free from your slavery to sin, and now you've become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. You just have to get the personalities of people from the Bible, too. Like, how fun is this? You, just, you take his personality. He's like, because of your human nature, I'm going to help you understand slavery here. You were a slave to this, now you're a slave to this. Let me make it very simple. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand this. Previously, you let, your sla- you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. But now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's break this down a little. Sin was our master, right? You know, you do things, you're like, I don't want to do this. It makes it clear. You do things that you, you felt guilty about, you didn't feel good. But Jesus came, died, resurrected, sin no longer your master. So before it was like Satan had his foot on your head. You know, you were just stuck. You were a slave. Then Jesus reversed it, no longer your master, and now your foot is on Satan's head. That's what we're saying. You are dead to sin, and you are alive to God. You are filled with the power of God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. He has made you holy and righteous in his sight, in God's sight. You're not this poor little sinner trying to make it through. No, He says you're dead to sin. So if you believe that you're just a sinner, you'll sin by faith. It's true. If I believe I'm just this poor little sinner just trying to make it through, I'll sin by faith because I believe it. But if I believe the truth and I don't forget what he has said, that he's actually, that I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to God, I'm righteous, I'm no longer a slave, but I walk in righteousness and holiness now in the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live that out because it's what he paid for. By believing. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Do you believe what he says about you? Because then you abound in hope. I read these verses and we're all like, yeah, it feels so good. Your spirit's like, yes, because it's true. We're aligning ourselves with truth and then we believe what he says about us. And we have hope that rises up in us. Because he's the hope of glory. He's the God of hope. He's so good. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 It says, 
If anyone belongs to Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. A new life has begun. I totally said it and I have it memorized in a different translation, so I made it difficult for you there. But you're a new creation in Christ. Do you believe that you are a brand new creation in Christ? You believe that the old is totally gone, because that's what it sounded like here, that it died in baptism with Jesus, resurrected in the newness of life with him, right? So you're brand spanking new. Thank you, Jesus. You're squeaky clean. It's true because of what Jesus paid for. You're not a slave to sin. You're alive to God. You're dead to sin. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Patty, you're faster than I am. Don't you realize that your whole body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. He bought you with a high price. He paid the ultimate price so that he could put his spirit in you. So that he could make his home in us. Say, in me. He paid the ultimate price so that I could be the temple, the house of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. You're not trash. You're not junk. He paid the ultimate price for you. That should make you feel good. You should be filled with a lot of hope, a lot of joy. He paid everything for us so that we could be his home. It's good news. All right, Ephesians 4. Galatians, Ephesians. I sing the Bible song every time I'm trying to find a book. Praise the Lord for Kids Church. All right. Instead, um, Ephesians 4, verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That's us, right? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the Lord's authority, I say this to you. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. They are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature, which is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Your new nature, your new creation in Christ, right? Old's gone, new has come. New nature, the new that has come, is to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Truly righteous and holy. So we throw off our old sinful self. Bye-bye. Put on our new nature, which is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we, all, we are all parts of the same body. And don't let sin, oh, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Come on, somebody. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. 
If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Praise the Lord. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I believe in other translations it says we'll give grace. I love that. That our words would give grace to people. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So good. So we're created in his image, right? We put on our new nature, righteous and holy. It was all a gift. There was nothing we did for it, right? We track it back. He came, died for us while we were in our mess, while we were still sinners. Then he gives us this beautiful gift of righteousness, of salvation. His gift for us. New nature in Christ. Put off the old. Put on the new. And we get to love people well. We're called to love people well. I'm going to go back and forth a little bit. But what really bothers me is when we say one thing in church and then we live out a completely different thing. You know, it's just, it's yucky. And, and he, I'm going to go there. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews 10. I have this in the New King James. Thank you. but that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and repeating the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. That's Jesus. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So let's, let's go after some of these things. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Do you believe you're perfect? Raise your hand if you're perfect. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So he says that he has perfected you forever. So he says you're perfect. And you're walking out sanctification. (laughs) It's the truth. In Christ, you are perfect. In Christ, you're perfect. Holiness is our inheritance because of what Jesus has done. Holiness is your nature because of what Jesus paid for on the cross. It is. It's the gift. Holiness is the gift. It's my inheritance. It is my nature because of what Jesus has paid for on the cross. And it becomes my lifestyle by the choices that I make. Holiness becomes my lifestyle by the choices that I make. Do I choose to believe and remember all that he has said? So the truth is, you're holy. You're blameless before him. He's perfected you forever. And when you read this, Steve Backlin, he talks about this. He says, hope fill the Bible reading. He says, if you fix yourself on this truth, the fact that Jesus has perfected you in Christ, 
Now you read the scriptures as, who? Where is my invitation to look more like Jesus? Because I am perfect in Christ, and now he's teaching me by the power of the Holy Spirit how to walk that out and have that invade every area of my life. It's so good. It's victorious living. It's living by what he has paid for versus, I am just a worm. (laughs) No, we're not. We're saints. Praise the Lord. And he's teaching us and he's leading us and he's guiding us and he gives us the Holy Spirit to convict us of all truth. So it's a high call. It's a very high call. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Hattie, you're doing a great job. I'm going to make her jump all over. If you see my notes and the verses I've given her, she's having to jump. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So he has perfected you. You get to walk in holiness. You have a new nature. And now we beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling because you've been called by God. By God. So always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. These are verses that uh, you won't have, Hattie Bear. But I'm going to go there for just a minute. Hattie's my cousin. That's why I call her Hattie Bear. And I love her so much. And she's just crushing it up there. All right, so this is, this is what I was jumping into for a moment. Begs us to lead a life worthy of our calling. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us, right? He paid the ultimate price. He made us new in Christ. Like, this is so good. The thing is, so many times, we don't, actually live this out then we have someone who's like yeah but then they live something completely different and then the outside world says wow you're a bunch of hypocrites that's why he's begging us live a life worthy of your calling you were bought with the ultimate price the precious blood of jesus and you get to be his representative here on the earth today It's the greatest honor and the greatest privilege. And so something that we have right now, um, I'm really thankful for our church. We have a beautiful, beautiful body. Um, But something that you see in in Hebrews, it talks more about this, where it talks about those who trample on grace, who trample on what Jesus has done. And it talks about there's no sacrifice for them. It's scary. And it says, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of God. And, and you see this a lot. You see people who have itching ears, which we're warned about, where they just want to do what makes them feel good. You know, I just want to do what makes me happy. Like, I had a really sad conversation with someone who knows the scriptures in and out. And this person's like, yeah, you know, I... I'm in a homosexual lifestyle, and da-da-da-da-da. You could tell this person very much so just wanted to argue. So I was like, thanks for sharing. It it was one of those where it's like, you are going to try to debate me with scriptures all day, and I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to pray for you a lot in my prayer closet right now. But it it was so sad to think about this person trampling on what Jesus has done. It's the truth. I mean, we're praying for this person. But it's scary to know that people take the beautiful gift of what Jesus has done. He invites us into righteousness to literally have his nature. And we didn't do anything for it. But it's people who are like, I'll take this from the Bible and I'll maybe take this from the Bible. 
And he's very clear that those who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's very clear about a lot of things. And we, there's this beautiful thing of fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord keeps you safe. Beginning of all wisdom is fear of the Lord. And so when you have beautiful fear of the Lord, and we're not just drawn by emotions, by feelings, what makes me feel good, when we are in that place, it's scary. I didn't plan on going there, but I, I feel like there's, there's a reality, there's such an invitation for us to walk out all that Jesus has paid for, his truth. And so this has to be the standard for our life. And if it's not, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. I'm about to go back into talking about all the other wonderful things that make us feel so good and happy. But here, I'll just read it to you. Okay. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, so this is not someone who doesn't know the truth. There's a big difference. There are people who are lost in sin who have no idea of who Jesus is, like that Satanist, no idea, and then he meets Jesus, different. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Those who know the truth and deliberately keep sinning is what this is saying. After we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood, the precious blood of Jesus, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So we'll go into that. But the only reason I bring this is because I've been through ministry schools and I have seen people who have been on fire for Jesus. But then they just kind of treated grace as just a common thing. They treated the blood of Jesus as just a common thing. Eh, I'll just go, just meh. And then, well, you know what? Like, maybe God's just like so much, he there's just this confusion that's going on right now, and I want us to get back to truth, and so that's, that's why I want to speak about this, because what Jesus paid for is so beautiful, and it is not common. It is holy. It is wonderful. It is the greatest gift. It leads to freedom. It leads to transformation. He is wonderful. And we're going to go into Ephesians where it talks about he is coming for a pure and spotless bride. He didn't pay for a confused uh, bride. No, beautiful, spotless, without blemish or wrinkle, full of love, full of zeal, full of power. That's what Jesus has paid for, who he's made you to be. Okay, I feel better. But the reason why we need to talk about these things is we have a generation that's so confused. They're just being fed with garbage. I mean, Jeff, not Jeff, Jonah gave some of the statistics about Gen Z, the younger generation, and what's being fed to them. And it's just so sad. And it's the greatest time and hour for us to rise up as Christians and live out everything Jesus has for us. That's why it's important to know who he says we are. 
Because when we know who he says we are, we know who he is, and then we walk in truth, and we get to bring people into freedom. We're not just led by our emotions, because our emotions are fleeting. And sometimes we think that our compassion is greater compassion than God's compassion. It's not. While we were still sinners in a mess, he sent Jesus to die for us and save us. I think his compassion's bigger than ours. I think his plans are bigger. I think they're better. He knows every hair that's on our head. It's important to know the truth. All right, where was I? First Peter 2, 9. He says that you are chosen people. You are chosen. You are holy. You're a chosen generation. But you are not like that, for you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We are a chosen people. We're a holy generation. And we are called to show others the goodness of God and lead people into his wonderful light. All right, 1 Peter 1, verse 2. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. God the Father, he knew me. Say, so he knew me. And he chose me long ago. And his spirit has made me holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you. Ooh. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. That's encouraging. God's protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. To be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is... Genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's crazy. It would bring us glory and honor. That's just doesn't even make sense. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And the reward, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for... They were for us. Even the prophets of old were just so curious, when will this be? They were told that it was for us. They wondered what time or situation, there we go. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Your life is so wonderful that even angels are eagerly watching things happen. Your life right now, is so wonderful. You being born again 
having the Spirit of God live in you is such a wonderful thing that even angels are eagerly watching what's going to happen. That should stir something in you. You were bought with a precious price. You are so valuable. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways, living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray is no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. We go down, verse 19. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. And now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. So good. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal word of God. It's just so good. It's so deep. It's so rich. I could just read the Bible and we'd be golden. But here's some of the things. Sometimes we take, be holy as I am holy. And then it's like, what? And we've put these wrong pressures on ourselves. Now here's two things. There's beautiful fear of the Lord, which I talked about. And I brought that up because there's so much confusion right now and people aren't preaching truth that we need to address that. But let's go to what Jesus said about you. Because when you believe this, you will walk in the holiness of the Lord because that's who you are. Because like I said, he made us to be holy. When he purchased us, died for us, we became dead to sin, alive to God, and holiness. We were given the nature of God, right? That means that you are truly righteous and holy. So when he says, be holy as I am holy, when we look at him, we become like him. Like I said, holiness is your inheritance. And it is the invitation to walk in what he has, but it becomes my lifestyle by the choices that I make. It's not some list of rules. You need to do this, 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 this. And throughout Christian history, we've been very confused. We've taken things, be holy as I am holy. And we've tried in our own strength. Higher the hair, closer to God. Don't you dare wear makeup. I can speak that because that was our our background as a church. (laughs) You cut your hair, you ain't holy. You put on makeup, you are definitely not holy. Get that hair closer to heaven. It's like, wow. Those did nothing for me. I just got bitter on the inside and I felt judged all the time. But Jesus... And his kindness paid for us to be happy and holy. Holiness is beautiful. It is not this, it's not a religious weight. It's actually who we are because of the precious blood of Jesus. We are a holy people, a chosen generation. And we get to show others the goodness of God. We get to lead them into his truth. We get to show people what it looks like to be happy and holy, to be filled with hope and joy through the power of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done. Nothing on our own strength. It's so good. Holiness is a gift. It's a beautiful gift. You didn't earn it. There was nothing you could do for it. But he says, I've made you holy. Now go and be an example. Love people well. It's so exciting. It's wonderful. We were in a mess, and he goes, honey, here's a gift. I cleaned you all up, but I'm not going to leave you alone. 
I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, the power of God to live in you now. So you don't have to walk this out on your own because like it says, be holy as I am holy. We're like, oh goodness, how do I do that? The Holy Spirit promises to lead you and guide you into truth. Wonderful. You're set up for success. We as Christians are set up for success. He has fully equipped us. He has. It's true. 2 Peter 1.3 says, Patty's going to beat me. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. He's given you what? Everything we need for living a godly life. And we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption that's caused by human desires. He has given you the ability to share his nature. And we didn't do anything for it. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Catch this. This verse is huge. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Forgetting that we've been cleansed from our old sins. So when the, let's just read this because it's important. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, but those who fail to develop in this way, they're short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed. So here's the thing. We're holy now, Right? Some of you hear that and you're like, yeah, I don't feel it. Guess what? You go by faith, not feelings. Hallelujah. So he says you're holy because of what he's done. Truth is, if you don't feel holy, it's probably because you've forgotten that you've been cleansed. Do you believe you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus? Beautiful. Because when we forget, that's when we turn. That's when we compromise. Because when I remember all that Jesus has done for me, who he has made me to be, I don't want to turn to these things. But when I forget what he's done, who he says about me, that's when I turn. So there's things that we should, just shouldn't be involved in as Christians. It's true. Like, what are we watching? What are we letting in? Like, they're just very basic things that we don't always address but think about this. He's given you the Holy Spirit who will convict you. How many times have you heard something or watched something and you don't feel good about it? So there's the moment of like, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. You've given me everything I need to live a godly life. I don't feel good about this. I can turn it off. You know, it's super simple, but it's true. It's things we need to do. So this music, oh, I love the beat. Ooh. Like our teens, this happens a lot. They come back from camp and they're like, I don't feel good about my music anymore. You're like, that's good. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. You are righteous and holy. You don't need that in your ears anymore. You're at the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember? You were not your own. You were bought by a precious price. So as we begin to realize, like, I am actually amazing. And humility, because he made me amazing. 
He thought I was worth it. He actually put his holiness and his beauty in me. I carry the presence of God. I don't want to fill myself with junk. So that's the difference of holiness. It's not, I have to try so hard. It's, wow, thank you, Jesus, for your precious blood. Thank you for making me righteous and holy. Thank you that I get to represent you. I get to walk in the beauty of who you are. I don't have to turn to these lesser lovers, these distractions. I can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere I go. It's so good. So it's just, it becomes our lifestyle by choices. And sometimes at the beginning, well, just any time in our lives, there are things that can be distractions. So what do we do? We've been given the gift of repentance. So we repent and he washes it white as snow. It's a turning. But like I said, there is a world that is so hungry for something real. People want Jesus. They want Jesus. They want Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And so there are things that sometimes we just need to get rid of. You know, we're, we're really called to love each other well, to forgive well. So as those who walk in happy holiness, not dreadful holiness, so hard work holiness. No, I'm happy and holy because of Jesus, which is wonderful. But in that, there is forgiveness that should happen. You know, I had to call people last week where it was like, shoot, I need to clean up that mess. I get to because of what Jesus has done, and he convicts. It looks like that. It looks like getting rid of um, few TV shows. Like, we have lots of people who have just been like, I am not to watch this anymore. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. What are you filling yourself with? Who are you hanging out with? What, what are you doing? All these things, it's, we, we repent, we turn from, and we turn to. And like I said, we have a world who needs it so bad. It's, it's exciting when we're filled with hope, which God has called us to be, because we realize we can be an example to people. Because I'm just about to close, too, so Jared, you can come up. He's there. He's, of course, he is. Jared's like, you're welcome. But here, here is the call. Galatians 5, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. That died, right? Holy Spirit lives in us. The sinful nature wants to do evil to you were before, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, who is in you now. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. You're constantly fighting. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. We'll just make this very, very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So here's the deal. Like we said, sinful nature, it's very clear. So when something like this kind of stirs up in you, 
If you're like, why am I feeling so jealous right now? That's definitely not of you, Lord. I've probably forgotten that you've cleansed me and I've forgotten what you're saying about me. So Holy Spirit, will you show me what you say about me? I repent of jealousy. I don't want that. Who do you say I am? And Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. Those are things we brush off along the way. We're being conformed into the image of Christ, right? We're walking out sanctification and Holy Spirit is cheering us on. The great cloud of witnesses are like, yes, keep going, keep going. They're encouraging us in the life of faith. And so be encouraged. When those things come up, he says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So things come up sometimes. And that's when we realize, ah, I must be forgetting right now. I must be forgetting because I'm a little blind right now. I'm really jealous right now and that's not you, Lord. Help me. And he will because he's good and he loves us. So let's go ahead, let's stand up. Jesus talks about the disciples that they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And so just know the truth, be encouraged, be filled with hope today. God loves you. He has made you holy and righteous. Look at the person next to you, say, you're holy. You're righteous. Holiness looks good on you. Now look at them and say, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. I beg you, live a life worthy of your calling because you have been called by God. Yes. So let's show the world what it looks like to have happy and holy marriages. Praise Jesus. I'm focusing on that now. I'm married. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> let's show people what it looks like to have happy and holy families. Let's show people what it looks like to have happy, holy friendships. How do we love each other? You know, maybe I got a little jealous. So then it's going to the person and being like, I'm really sorry for the way I was treating you. I, I was going through a hard time and I was not treating you well at all. Please forgive me. I love you so much. That's what it looks like to clean up our messes. You know, love each other, work as hard as we can to keep the unity of the faith, binding ourselves together in love. It's an invitation to show him and display him rightly to people. And the world is crying out for it right now. I mean, they want it bad. And God chose us. Like he was, his, we're his plan right now. He's like, hey, I'm gonna put these people on the earth for this time. I'm gonna put my holiness in them, the presence of God in them. I am just gonna bring terror on the devil because I'm gonna send them out into their cities. I'm gonna send them out into their families, into their schools. And boy, we're gonna see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He loves us. He, he chose us and he is equipping us, he's helping us. One other thing, if you, if you read in Romans, it talks about the Holy Spirit, you know, intercedes for us, right? So be encouraged right now, you have the Holy Spirit where if you don't know what to pray, he will pray for you with groans beyond words that you don't understand. So Holy Spirit will pray for you, but that's also sandwiched with God will work everything out for the good of those who love him. Do you love him? He's gonna work it out for your good. And then it actually is 
after that, it says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So he really wanted to make sure we were covered. He was gonna have Holy Spirit interceding and then he was gonna make everything work out for our good if we love him. And then he was gonna have Jesus interceding for us. And then he was gonna say, hey, nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's never been a better time to be alive. There's never been a better time to represent Jesus well. The harvest is so ripe and we get to go and represent him well. Are you encouraged? I am too. All right, Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for every person that's in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your empowerment right now. And I just thank you for hope and joy, Lord. I just, I speak that into hearts today, hope and joy. We've got this. We've got this. We're on the winning team. You and Jesus are unstoppable. I speak that into hearts. You and Jesus are unstoppable. He's got this. He's got you. And so Lord, I pray that you would fill us with hope anew today, that we would walk in the beauty of what you've paid for Jesus, your happy holiness to wash over us today. Nothing of our own works, but we get to walk hand in hand with you. So I pray that you would teach us how to love well, how to forgive well, how to believe in people well, that we would get your heart for people today. In your beautiful name, Jesus, amen. All right, I'm gonna have our, our ministry team, if you could come up. This is what I really believe as well. Um, if you want more encouragement, if while you know the message, the Lord was stirring things in your heart and you're like, I wanna get rid of some of these weights that I've been carrying that aren't from the Lord, I want them to pray for you. And I just believe we're gonna release so much hope today, so much hope. So if you need encouraged, you wanna get free from some of those weights, I encourage the prayer team to pray for you. If you need healing, they wanna pray for you too. But I just encourage you, be blessed. You get to represent Jesus well and walk in the happy holiness that He paid for. In Jesus' name, amen.